BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Something extraordinary has happened to Judy Sizemore's closet, making it feel more like a closet. 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 An area that once caused claustrophobia now has enough space, space to hold all of Judy's striped boat neck sweaters. And Judy Sizemore has a lot of striped stripe, stripe, boat neck sweaters. sweaters. The Container Store Alpha Sale is here with 30% off Alpha and installation. The Container Store, where space comes from. Change is strong, and you can experience it at Gold's Gym. For a limited time only, join the most supportive and dedicated community in fitness for just $1. Get access to the latest cardio and strength equipment, the best group exercise classes, and expert personal trainers dedicated to your success. A stronger you is waiting at Gold's Gym today. Tap the banner now for a free pass. Offer ends February 29th. Valid with select new memberships at participating locations only. Commitment required. Annual fee and other restrictions may apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where Buck, but with an F. Um, <laughs> Alan, I had planned a lot of different iterations of that intro, like the Buck stops here, nice. uh, bucking a trend, uh, nice. if I had a buck for every time, yada, yada. But unfortunately, we're just going to have to settle with Buck with an F. Buck the Bucks. Buck the Bucks. <laughs> The Lakers, unfortunately, have gone streaking for the first time in the wrong way, the wrong direction. They have lost two in a row for the first time this season. Yeah, tonight was their, not their first big test, but I I guess with regards to, you know, when you're playing a video game and you reach that boss level, tonight felt like one of those games, and unfortunately, they were not able to pull it out. They should have just quit, you know, abruptly right at the end and then just restart it. Well, luckily, I'll give the credit. I'll give the Lakers credit for never quitting, right? For sure. Especially during halftime, it looked like they were dead in the water. They looked frustrated. They looked flustered. I think flustered is probably the right word to use for tonight, right? They looked frustrated. Frustrated, indeed. 
Um, so the Lakers lost 104 to 111 to the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is hands down just one of those Pacific Rim robots and he, he is a freak. <laughs> he is a freak of nature. And when he's hitting three-pointers, tonight, by the way, he hit a career-high five three-pointers. Naturally. Yeah, when that's happening for Giannis, there's, you can't do anything to stop him. And we couldn't. Um, what did he shoot from the field? 11 of 19, 5 of 8 from 3, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Um, he was unstoppable. And he looks superhuman out there with his shoulders his his long ass arms i mean we get a good sense of that with anthony davis but man just seeing giannis out there against some of our guys and especially when he switched on to guys like alex caruso and honestly even lebron it's such a stark contrast it's crazy um but anyways welcome to the lakers legacy podcast i'm your host jonathan hernandez I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Riley. Alan, how is it going? We are six days away from Christmas. It's crazy. Yay, Christmas. Woohoo! Uh, unfortunately, the Lakers are stumbling towards Christmas a little bit. But hey, look, there's a lot of caveats we can put on this, um, one of which would be the fact that the Lakers have been on the road eight out of the last nine games or so. So they've been away a lot, and they've had to travel a lot, and I think they will find relief being able to go back home for a little bit uh, for this holiday season. So um, before we get started, Alan, some good news. We have actually reached the 400 five-star <gasps> rating iTunes review, ratings and reviews on iTunes before 2020 has hit. So thank you very much, everyone. I think we're actually at 402, so quite an accomplishment. Heyo. Heyo, indeed. And uh, in celebration, Alan, we're going to have you read the iTunes reading of the night. And uh, you don't have to do any voice. If you want to use a voice, you can, but... uh... (laughs) Oh, boy. You're asking for it, dude. (laughs) Oh, okay. I mean, surprise me. Here we go. (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, The Legacy, this is on Tuesday from Tommy Rainville. It's five stars. says, uh... Shall continue. Ain't that right, Swaggy V? Oh, yeah, man. You know that's what it is. Oh, yeah, man. It shall continue, man. Yeah, that's what's up. Where my man Zubaz at? Where you at, Zublaka? Yeah, hello. Uh, I play uh, against the, the Houston Rockets right now. So, kind of busy, guys. I can't I can't really do it. Uh, but uh, go Lakers. <laughs> go Golden Purple. Merry Christmas. Wow, we got the full spectrum of all of Allen's Lakers, former Lakers classics, Lakers impressions classics. I think that was Jordan Clarkson, Swaggy P, and Zubats. Is that correct? There you go. There you go. There you go. So thank you, everyone, for getting us to 400. And the legacy shall continue, Tommy Rainville. We teased it the last few episodes saying that if we don't get to 400 reviews by 2020, the Lakers Legacy podcast would be canceled and ended. Canceled by who? Who knows? But guess what? We shall live on and we shall continue. So thank you guys for helping us in that respect and in that department. Alan, amazing job with Jordan Clarkson, Swaggy P, and Zubots coming back out of the woodwork. We could actually use some Jordan Clarkson action, believe it or not. We could use a scoring guard. Yeah, yeah. It would have uh, been a lot more than the four points that we got off the bench tonight. Oh, man. So, okay. So let's let's get into it. Uh, This episode is going to be pretty quick and swift. Um, One, my voice is not doing so well, but also, yeah, we want want to just keep this short and sweet. Okay. So the good news is, let's start with the good. 
Um, Anthony Davis's poster jam on Giannis and oh transition. My God. That made me feel so much better. I don't so know about great, you. <laughs> dude. Because yeah. at that point, it's like, okay, we're going to lose this game, but holy shit, that was amazing. So that made me happy. I agree. Yep. That made me very happy. And I, I guess Anthony Davis's response in the second half made me happy because he struggled a lot in the first half. And then in the second half, he was taking it to the rim, getting a bunch of and ones on floaters. The only bugaboo, I don't even know if that's the right term, for Anthony Davis tonight was his 0 of 6 from three-point land. You can kind of tell that he was trying to match Giannis's 5 of 8 from the three-point arc. He just could not get one to fall. That's a rarity for Anthony Davis, even though I guess the last game he played, he also had 0 for 6. So he's due for a three-point shot soon. Um, 36 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, only 11 of 25, so not as efficient as you'd want him to be, but I like how he responded in the second half, being more physical, taking it to the rim a little bit more, and obviously that poster jam was amazing. Um, and 14 of 17 from the free throw line, which is great. Um, so yeah, anything to say about Anthony Davis? Uh, no, I mean, I agree. His response was great. <clears throat> we don't know how bad his ankle is. You know, like I haven't listened to any of the post game interviews, not even sure if he would disclose anything anyway, but, um, the fact that, like you said, he responded the way he did in the second half really wasn't looking good to start, um, is impressive. And I don't know what kind of shots they injected into him at halftime, but he, he sure got it going. Um, like you said, that dunk was like, had we won the game, it would be somewhat iconic, you know, like I'd yeah, like yeah. to see a still shot of that photo. And the fact I didn't even know he went up two handed when it happened in real right. time, actually, and I couldn't even see because Giannis's body was blocking him. But on that replay, um, yeah, man, I lost I lost my shit. Nice. OK, so I think this is how we'll break tonight's episode up. Um, for the next five minutes, we'll continue to talk about, I guess, just the positives we saw, the silver linings and I guess the caveats and then the second half we can talk about the problems we saw. Um, so I mentioned that the Lakers have been on the road a lot in the last few weeks and I don't think we should undersell that or understate sure. that. Um, they look tired, dude. I mean, you yeah. could tell it you could tell from the Indiana game LeBron tried to do his best, but he also struggled in that game as well. Um, the role players in the Indiana game did a lot better on Tuesday. They were non-existent today and just the in and out shuffling of having Anthony Davis, not having Anthony Davis, um, obviously him having to play through this bum ankle, them not taking care of business against the Atlanta Hawks and kind of prolonging that game more than it should have been, more than they should have. Um, so yeah, it's, it's literally been a rocky road for the Lakers these last few games. The Indiana game, we kind of just all threw out just because, I mean, they were shorthanded and they still fought their way through that and had a pretty good chance to win the game. This game, I guess outside of all of the road game stuff and not being at home and only having one home game in the last eight or so, outside of that, we have to remember that the Milwaukee Bucks have way more cohesion and continuity than we do. Yes, they lost Malcolm Brogdon, but this is essentially the same team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And the Lakers have just been assembled in the last two and a half months. You know, it's only been that long. I think us being ahead of schedule and looking so dominant early on has made people kind of forget that fact. So I just want to bring that to the surface once again and remind people, look, we're still getting to know each other. Kyle Kuzma obviously was not in this game and we desperately could have used him and just used another safety valve to help LeBron James out. Um, and so overall, yeah, this team is still getting to know each other. We're still game by game 
finding continuity, finding cohesion. I think this is the se- only the second game that Danny Green has really had like a true breakout three-point game, right? Outside of the Clippers game. And yeah. we continue to waste those moments. Unfortunately, I'm waiting for the day when Danny Green hits another six or seven threes and it's contributing to an actual win, which I'm sure is coming. Um, but yeah, look, this team is still trying to get to know one another. And there's hope for improvement there. While the Bucks are kind of more of... They're more of a short thing in terms of they, they know their personnel. They have the same coaching staff. They essentially know what they want to do, and it's surround, it's built around Giannis, obviously. Um, and again, this is the first time that we've faced the Milwaukee Bucks. We have to remember that, and this is the and we're facing them on the first time. We're facing them for the first time on the road, so you have to account for all of these things. And in spite of the fact that our bench only gave us four points, we made a game out of it in the second half, which we had no business doing. I will say though that the Bucks had full control over this game, like from the get-go, essentially. But at least the Lakers were within striking distance at the very end there and throughout the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, any other silver linings for you or positives, I guess? Yeah, um, <clears throat> like you said, we seemed um, destined for a loss uh, pretty early on in the second quarter. And had you told me, you know, we're going to cut it down uh, the way we did um I'd be surprised, obviously. So the coaching staff, I would say you got to credit them. I think one of the biggest adjustments was for us defensively Um, in the first half. And, you know, we'll obviously talk about this later. um, We were not doing a very good job, obviously. Uh, A lot of switching and just awful mismatches with literally every guy on the team, except for LeBron and AD guarding Anthony Davis. And then in the second half, those guys were picking them up. Um, Their offense got a little bit more stagnant. So you have to give some credit to us. Um, I loved seeing Anthony Davis guarding Giannis Mm -hmm. one-on-one. I mean, he did a great job, you know, so had some of those matchups happen in the first half. Had we not been exploited so much, um, that could have altered things significantly. Uh, I don't have like the split of the first and second half stats right in front of me, but I'm thinking with the exception of the very end of the game, we didn't have nearly as many turnovers in the second half. First half was just sloppy as heck, right? Um, Didn't look good. And then again, we tightened it up in that second half. So that was good to see. Um, Yeah. Other than that, I mean, Danny Green stepped up. KCP had some pretty, uh, he had a good start to the game, you know, um, but other than that, it's kind of hard to take away the pot. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, Anthony Davis just looked like he was on par with Giannis, and that was nice to see. Right. And he took it to heart. He took the challenge to heart. His three-point shot wasn't falling. His outside jump shot wasn't falling. But for the most part, obviously, Giannis right now is the best. But this could end up being like one of the freakish rivalries to come like for the yeah. next few years. You know, So that's kind of fun to think about. You know what else? Sorry, I was going to cut you off because I looked at a couple of team stats. Uh, free throw-wise, we got a lot better tonight. 18 for 20. Yes. Well, sorry, along with the free throw thing, though, I'd say one positive is I felt like the calls, especially in the first half, were a little were a little whack. And sure, the right, Bucks right. got nine more free They attempted nine more free throws than we did, 32 to 23. And, right. and yeah, maybe if it's a little more even, we, we come out better here. But, yeah. Yeah, we had 38 rebounds, you know, they had 40, so almost uh, a draw on that one. Uh, Yeah, turnovers, not good. 18's way too many. That's a trend, obviously, that's been uh, 
that's been a thing on this road trip, especially. You could attribute some of that to fatigue, whether it's you know physical, mental, all of the above, whatever. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so I mean, let's keep it all into perspective. When we face the Bucks next, or I mean, we're gonna face them at home, but if we ever face them in the finals, we'll have seven games to prepare and adjust, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, this is just the first game and having to do it on the road is tough. And at least we didn't get blown out like the Clippers did. So yeah, we had 24 assists on 37 made field goals. So I mean, that's a pretty good ratio, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. All right, so that'll do it for our first segment. Uh, Those are our silver linings and positive takeaways. Uh, We'll take it to break, and when we return, we'll get into some of the issues that we saw. All right, so we're back. Alan, overall, what was your feel of this game? I think the words to describe this game would be the Lakers were, like we mentioned, flustered. They looked, they lost their composure, and they got outclassed, unfortunately, by the Bucs. The the Bucks present the Lakers with a very tough matchup because they have a lot of length, but they can match up with the Lakers size-wise as well, and they almost do the same thing that we do, except it feels like their guys are bigger and taller. Um, like, they lose nothing on the defensive end, essentially, when they go from Brooke Lopez to Robin Lopez, you know? Mm. Um, they got Robin, they got Brooke, they got Chris Middleton with length, Giannis obviously with length DiVincenzo is actually a pretty scrappy ass guard he's almost like a Caruso type you know um they've got a really solid group Wesley Matthews um they they were missing Eric Bledsoe tonight so that would have added more length so they really disrupted what we wanted to do I think they're like number one in number I think in the top three of defensive rating efficiency just as we are so and the tough part about that is the Lakers can only combat that one way, and it's with LeBron James or Anthony Davis. And without any other ball handlers outside of Rondo, who at this point, he seems like he's reverting back to old Rondo, where there were a couple of times this game where it's like, why didn't he just shoot the ball, you know? For why sure. wasn't he looking for his own shot? A lot of he guys looked- had those moments, but yeah, I agree. He, he had a, a number of them. Yeah, he looked bad tonight. Five turnovers, and you could tell that the Bucks were disrupting that. You know, all those really cool, slick passes that Rondo typically makes, the Bucks were reading them all over the place. Or they just had more length than the typical teams we face, and were tipping them, getting steals, etc., etc. So Rondo's typical trickery wasn't working tonight, and that was made very apparent at the start of the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, overall, the lack of another scoring presence was very apparent, and you could tell how tired LeBron was by the end of the game when he kept coughing the ball up. I think he had, like, two turnovers in the last, like, yeah, three minutes. those right? were critical, for sure. Critical, and the one play that wasn't necessarily even a turnover was that one where we had all the momentum. I think we were down by nine, and we, were, we got the rebound. We were pushing it in transition. Anthony Davis was ahead of LeBron, and instead of, like, kind of – Pushing it down the Bucks' throats, LeBron pulled up for a three in transition, missed it, and then on the other end, Wesley Matthews hit that 40-footer, right? It was a six-point switch. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. if LeBron hits that, it's great, amazing, we cut it down to six. But given the context of the situation, knowing that it was in transition and Anthony Davis was ahead of him, you know that there was an optimal scenario there you know that you wish they could have kind of just forced the issue in that respect um but yeah overall what are your thoughts of what went wrong with the lakers here and um this sort of felt like the clippers game right they were pressing 
They almost felt a little nervous. They, You could tell they wanted to prove themselves, but it just wasn't clicking. Shots weren't falling. I think there were a lot of in and outs in the first half. And yeah, I mean, the bench scored four points. But uh, yeah, what went wrong here? Yeah, we looked really tight to start. Uh, I mean, Milwaukee didn't look great either in that first quarter, but I think we only ended up scoring 15 points, and that's the uh, lowest scoring first quarter we've had all season. Um, <clears throat> from the defensive end uh like i had mentioned earlier i don't really know what our scheme was tonight (laughs) like we're yeah we could not guard the pick and roll to save our freaking lives we were making it ridiculously easy for them you know yes and again you know you and i are not basketball experts by any stretch um i don't know how you cover them different defensively but we just seem to be perfectly content going under every screen and giving their guys so much room right and i get it like you give Giannis his shots and all that stuff because if you play too closely he's just going to drive by you but you know reggie miller mentioned it over and over and it's a really good point the second Giannis starts to make his first move towards the basket Someone on our team had to make a move defensively, right? You need a slide over. You need to offer some help. Of course, now you're leaving probably George Hill open in the corner for a three or something. But, I mean, shoot, I'd rather have that than Giannis just have his way, especially when you have Caruso guarding him or or Rondo guarding him or whoever, right? Anyone not named LeBron or AD. So uh, I, I couldn't really understand what we are trying to accomplish in the first half defensively. That was pretty frustrating. Um, and then, yeah, on the offensive end, like like you said, we we just looked kind of nervous almost, forcing the issue. There are a lot of really bad entry passes again, yeah. uh, which is something we have not seen in really like a couple months. Um, so I, I guess the good news is like we were not playing like ourselves. And it's right. some of it was like self-inflicted wounds. You know, it, it's things that can be fixed. Whereas if we were maxing it out and playing at our best and then we just got beat, um, I don't know. That leaves a different type of taste, different bad taste in your mouth. Um, so yeah, it's not to take credit away from Milwaukee. Obviously, they game planned well for us, but uh, we looked, we didn't look like ourselves. So it'll, it'll be interesting. I don't know when we play them again. I haven't looked that far ahead in the calendar. I can't remember, but uh, that next matchup in LA, um, it's gonna be equally as lit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, and I agree with you. I felt like there were times where we were doing weird stuff like overhelping in the paint when Anthony, like there was that play where Anthony Davis was guarding Brooke Lopez and like three Lakers guards came to help <laughs> him. And I was like, wait, why did we leave Kyle Korver open? You know, yeah, it was so yeah. bizarre. Um, and I don't know if a lot of that was just PTSD throughout the night of seeing Giannis like knife into the lane, because I'm sure that is a very scary thing to see happen. And they probably just naturally want to converge. But I don't know. Yeah, it, it it seemed like we were undisciplined in guarding the perimeter and just being able to. I mean, uh, to be fair, Giannis is such a freak that he just messes a lot of things up, you know, for you, even if you have a scheme. So um, and the other thing I noticed, too, that is, um, you know, with how physical the Lakers play. I, I forgot that when you play another super team like Milwaukee, that sometimes that physicality is going to be taken away from you by the refs, you know, like things that you normally get away with or not even get away with, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like they get superstar calls too. Oh, for sure. Right. right, So Giannis is going to get those calls. Like all of a sudden those screens that Dwight sets that erases people are now offensive fouls, et cetera, et cetera. You know, because the, the refs have 
know that the Milwaukee Bucks are the number one team in the league too. They're gonna give there's a cachet there, and so the refs are gonna give them more calls as well. You know, it's not like we're playing against the Hawks again, where those those moving screens are not gonna be called. Yeah, right. So it, it's it, it's tough, and it's something that we have to be attuned to, obviously, and adjust. Uh, and I felt like the Lakers didn't do a good job of that, right? It felt like the second half of the Dallas Mavericks game where they were frustrated with every single call that didn't go their way, even if it was justified, right? And I think that's the Lakers' biggest problem. Like, Luckily, they always have that fight and they'll always respond, but they get into these spells where like, for five minutes you can tell it affects them. Yeah, they get a little unhinged, like you said. Kind of lose your composure a little bit. So, um, you know, hopefully the team can learn a lesson, right? Like failure is one of the best teachers. So uh, identifying those moments, <clears throat> trying to put your finger on what went wrong, uh, like you said, from a, from a composure standpoint, and uh, hopefully building off of that is something that'll happen soon. Yeah, and overall, like taking a step back, like I'm, I'm not saying I'm glad we lost, but like I personally can't get too mad over these last two losses or this loss against the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, we're still, like, three losses ahead of every other team in the West, you know? Like, even if we go into the Clippers game with seven, what, no, six losses, I mean, we're st- we'll still be number one in the West, you know? Um, but overall, this is part of the journey, you know? This has been a fun season, and this one loss is not going to take away from that. If anything, I'm more interested now in, in seeing how does this team respond? we haven't really had sustained adversity. So this may be our first viewing into that. Like, how do we respond if like we get on a three game losing streak? You know, what if we lose to the Clippers? It'll suck. It's disappointing. Yeah. But overall, this is what makes and molds championship teams. If that is what we end up being. And so I'm intrigued. I'm here for the ride. And overall, I'm glad we have Anthony Davis. It's so much fun to watch. And LeBron James looks tired AF. We're going to need to find him some help in the form of like another ball handling scoring guard who can get his own bucket. Cal Kuzma surely should help with that. Um, but yeah, it, it's all part of the journey. Trust the process. Um, this season has still been hella fun. And uh, lastly, Alan, I mentioned us needing scoring guards. I'm just going to throw out a bunch of names to you. Um, Derek Rose, Isaiah Thomas, Jordan Clarkson, Dion Waiters. <laughs> I know people are going to laugh at Dion Waiters. He has two more years on $12 million, and I know the gummy incident and all that stuff, him pretty pretty much being ostracized by the Heat. He was on a boat. <laughs> he was on a boat. J.R. Smith, Jamal Crawford. Do any of those names pique your interest? Um, Maybe Derek uh, Rose, but I don't even know yeah, if he'll be. I don't, I don't know what it would take, you know, to get that. Out of all those names... He he might be the most appealing. Yeah, that's what I would go with. I go with D Rose. I would normally say Isaiah Thomas, but he's just so small, you know. And you can see yeah. him getting like stopped by screens and aggressive perimeter defenders. I would. I mean, Jordan Clarkson would not be a bad bad get. I just don't know if we want to deal with his learn his learning curve. You know what I mean? Him not having been to the playoffs enough. I know he played that one playoff with playoff run with LeBron, but obviously. He wasn't trusted that much and got, didn't get that much of a consistent run. Okay, so my number one target actually is is a guy that I haven't mentioned. I mentioned it on Twitter. If somehow he gets bought out, which is possible because he's on a veteran minimum deal, I would love to get Alec Burks from the Golden State Warriors. 
um, because he is averaging 15.4 points, 4.5 rebounds, 3 assists, hitting 1.5 threes a game on 36% shooting, only 1.6 turnovers, 1.1 steals. He is a guy who can break his man off the dribble and just get a bucket for you. And he's still, uh, I think he's still pretty young. Yeah, he's still only 28. And and yeah, if the Lakers can nab someone like that without really having to surrender an asset, that would be amazing. And just a guy who can kind of light it up from the bench and relieve pressure off of LeBron in a different way than Rondo does, where Rondo just kind of dribbles the ball for like 20 seconds, and that's relief for LeBron. What happens in those next four seconds is an adventure, but at least with Alec Brooks, it's like, this guy is going to shoot the ball. Um, And he has three assists too, so maybe he'll playmake as well. So look out for Alec Brooks around the buyout, um, around the time of when, when guys start getting bought out for the playoffs and whatnot. Or maybe the Lakers even try and trade for Alec Brooks. He's only on a veteran minimum deal, but... uh. But yeah, I think um, these last two games and just seeing the wear and tear on LeBron James, not having another guy he can rely upon to um, score the ball, break his man off, et cetera, et cetera. It's becoming more and more apparent. And uh, yeah, we might really need to address that come the trade deadline and when guys start getting bought out. Um, Alan, any last words? Uh, No, good. Cool. All right. That'll do it for our Bucks episode. Uh, We'll have one more episode before Christmas. And then, yeah, we're probably going to take it easy this holiday break. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you guys for helping us get to 400. Now help us get to 420 because that's when you That's my birthday. It's lit. Oh, nice. It's lit and it's Alan's birthday. So there (laughs) you go. All right, Alan, I'll catch you later. Late. How to show up with Coca-Cola Energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.